Welcome to Dad Hammer, Bolters and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David the War Boss, and I am joined, as always, by the most generic space marine in the Imperium, Mr. Medicaid Steve. Steve, how are we doing tonight? We are back, buddy. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Fierce. Super. Yes. Very excited. It's, uh, it's kind of weird. Been a little too long. Yeah, a little little break, little vacation, little PTO. Yep. yep. I mean, you know, that's that's warranted. Uh, we we work hard, and I mean, the podcast is fun. You know, I, I, would, yeah, I don't consider right. it worked. <laughs> we both work hard at our respective jobs. Took a little vacation, and I mean, I got to tell you, man, I, I missed I missed doing this and and talking Warhammer, and and thankfully, there's mm-hmm. just a ton always every single week of of good stuff to talk about our our favorite hobby. So. Yeah, Agreed. man. I'm also I'm pumped. I'm I'm glad to be back. Yeah, back in the studio as uh, as it were. <laughs> <Studio>. <laughs> it makes makes it sound more official. It makes yeah, me that's sound, right. Right, got it. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, or today, this morning, whenever you're listening. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a great show here. We have the Battle of Agram results those are in and uh that means that the tyranid tyranids won tyranids consumed <laughs> space marines lost and whether that's uh legit or not doesn't matter the the, the battle of augram is over the tyranids won which means new models very exciting we're also going to talk about the latest feature coming to white dwarf which is called the bunker or bunker club really cool new feature that you'll want to hear about if you're interested in starting up your own league or or having a framework around that there is some news around uh, epic 40k or as they're calling it now legions imperialis really awesome there age of sigmar cities of sigmar uh revealed and all the new models a couple of one that i really have my eye on and then we'll end it with several new warhammer board games that have been shown off so packed show today Really exciting stuff. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, follow, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And of course, you can also find us on our website, dadhammerpodcast.com. And on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, where we have pictures of our latest projects and comment on all the latest activity in the Warhammer community. But first... We're going to start with the most important part of every Dad Hammer podcast, and that is, what are we drinking? Steve, I'll let you go first, because my drink is a doozy uh, tonight. <laughs> so I'll let yeah. you hit us up. What do, what do you got tonight? Uh, I wish it was uh, anything near as cool as what we're about to talk about, but I'm just drinking some uh, Angel's Envy bourbon. It was uh, aged in port wine barrels, so Whoa. it's a little fancy pants. Mm-hmm. But uh, nah, it's smooth. It's it's a it's a nice nice drinker. But uh, man, let's just just hit it. <laughs> Go. <laughs> just well, I feel like we didn't give any spotlight for you, right? Nah, it's okay because uh, this is this this needs its own. I'm gonna this needs its own podcast. Uh, you know, uh, uh, that's fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna bogart the mic a little bit tonight. Uh, I've got a, a pretty fancy drink and. Um, this one is, I don't know, it's probably seasonal, but what what's the best season for a cocktail? And the correct answer is right now. That's that's the right best now. season. So this is um, what is officially called a um, spiced stout flip. And I have put a little bit of a, an orky name to it. And it's got quite, quite the ingredients, but I'm going to call this one the Boomdaka Stout Wagon. And... You know, I I think that maybe it's just the visual of an orc driving an insane car full of Guinness straight into your mouth. I mean, that's what this is. So the ingredients on this one, three ounces of stout beer, okay, two ounces spiced rum, fine, uh, 0.75 ounces simple syrup, or a little more if you want it sweet. And then the kicker is one whole egg. You just drop it in there. So here's the thing. You take all those ingredients and you do a dry shake. So no ice. You get that to emulsify, mix up the egg with the with the stout and all of that. And I know it may sound a little gross, but I promise you, totally worth it. You dry shake the ingredients and then you add ice and then you shake that. So to, to chill it up. 
And then if you want, uh, you can garnish it with a little nutmeg on top. Yes, that sounds a little more festive, but Christmas in July, but you know what? Crumpin is always festive. It's always in season. And uh, boy, uh, I think the best way I can describe this, you've never had one, is if, if you like Guinness, you like a stout beer, creamy, you know, stout beer, the egg just adds a little creamier texture to it. It's really All good. Right. Really, really good. Highly that. recommend it. Um, could this count as like a post-workout drink? Because, uh, you know, it's got some protein, right? <laughs> right. You're going to drink one uh, of these right after you lift weights? Is that is that what you're thinking? Well, I mean, if we're going to go for it, mm-hmm. let's, I don't know. Oh, I'm I went for it. <laughs> so here's the, here's the other positive is that it only uses, uses three ounces of Guinness, so... I got a full can of Guinness <laughs> right here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish up this drink and then chase it with Guinness, which is always a, a solid move. You know, I'm going to feel real good. Have we done a podca- podcast yet and not mentioned the uh, Boom Daka? <laughs> I don't know. It's my it's my favorite, you know, Boom I mean, Daka Snaz Wagon. Just, this is a stout wagon, it. though. I love it. I love it. It's perfect. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue drinking because this is great. Uh, I hope you enjoy <laughs> your really boring drink. But uh, all things considered, cheers and bottoms up, Steve. Cheers, man. All right, let's get into it. We got a lot to talk about. Let's first hit up the Battle of Ogram. And if you are not familiar, that was the whole lead-in with the Leviathan box the the launch of 10th edition the battle of Ogrim was the setting for space marines and tyrannids to fight over the the planet and to see who's going to take control really cool video if you haven't seen it go out check that out on youtube or on the warcom mm-hmm. site um just really gets you into the the setting and and all of that but the results what they did is they offered up for anyone that got the box, the Leviathan box, it came with a little code on the inside. And you take that code, you go to the website, you put that in, and then you choose which army. You're supposed to play the game between Space Marines and Tyranids. And then yeah. you choose who won. So you fill that in. And that's it's just a way for them to invite the community into determining uh, who's going to win this battle. And and the at the end, what their promise was is that whoever, whatever faction, whatever army wins they're going to show off new models, all new range for that army. Um, so thankfully, I mean, for me anyway, <laughs> I've, I voted for Tyranids even though I didn't play uh, an army with the Tyranid model because I was still trying yeah. to put them together. But, you know, Tyranids won, and there are all kinds of new models that came out, and boy, did they deliver, I, I think. <sighs> they knocked it out of the park. It really did. And Steve, we'll, we'll start with the first one. Um well, I say the first one. I don't remember the exact order, but the one I've got here in front of me is definitely the most impressive. And that is the Norn Emissary, uh, or of course you can alternate as the Assimilator, I believe. Um, That's right. Yep. I think it's, it's bound to be a two two in one kit probably. Yeah. And this thing is massive. It's huge. I mean, it's it's as yeah. big as a knight. It's That's just going to be so cool. I, I can't uh, wait. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing, and the one thing, and I'm a, I'm, I don't, I'm not a knight player, but right. I am a a sucker for large, huge models on the table, just really mm-hmm. gigantic beasts and and beings and all kinds of stuff, and I think it's really cool that the Tyranids are getting this huge monster. I just trying to visualize this thing on the battlefield, especially in if there would be a t- to have an animation around it, just this giant behemoth <laughs> thing marching towards you. So, uh, Steve, you know, your opinion on this, I mean, uh, have you looked at the, either the, um, the Norn version, the Norn emissary or this simulator, if you're going to get one of these things, which, which version would you go, which, which variant? I'm kind of, man, I dig the assimilator. I think it's just so gnarly looking and, and lethal looking. Um, the emissary looks good too. So I actually read in the codex, uh, if you look in the back mm-hmm. toward the end of the codex, there's a whole lore section about what's going on around this. Uh, and there's a whole story that involves these two, two figures. Um, and, and that, that, uh, 
whatever uh, breed of tyranid you mm-hmm. want to call it. Um, really interesting stuff, man. So they, they really flesh it out and they, they're actually, the model looks cool, but just, um, just what they are as far as, you know, tying into the rest of the high fleet. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, really makes you want to play one too. Cause I'm sure they're, I'm sure their data card is going to be out of this world. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I think, would imagine. I think too, what I just looking at the models, I think the, the Norn emissary variant really looks more like a Godzilla type yeah. character. And then the assimilator, I would say it looks, it's still Godzilla esque, but it almost looks mm-hmm. more of a, um, an insect variant versus the first one gave me more of a lizard reptile vibe. And the second right. one gave me more of an insect vibe. So honestly, I- I'm looking at either one of these. Both of these are amazing looking. Of course, the paint jobs are are next level, but yeah, still, that's, that's I a different story. <laughs> it, yeah, but still, looks incredible, and I'm just really excited to see more gigantic models going up against other gigantic models on the board. Just looks really, really cool. And I don't, I don't think their current range had a lot. Uh, they had some big models, but nothing of this size, Mm-mm. unless you went to the Forge World stuff, and then you know how that gets. Yeah, you're that paying nine thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're notoriously not the easiest things to yep. you know, put together and yep. paint and etc. So this is this is a win for yep. sure. Really cool. Uh, I definitely will be picking up one, but I'm I'm concerned that everyone else is going to be trying to pick up one. So, you know, who knows yeah. how how expensive this thing's going to be either? I That's I would true. assume. Maybe $150, $200. Yeah. I'm thinking Silent Kingish yeah. price. Yeah. Or maybe a maybe a Satan model price mm-hmm. range. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's what I'm just guessing. Yeah, we'll see. But of course, I've got uh, an, an entire Tyranid army doubled up from the Leviathan box, completely unpainted. That's right. So I got I to gotta take care of that first. <laughs> well, there's uh, there's additional models here. They showed off mm-hmm. the um, Biovore and Piovore. And I, you know, those are some of these names are, are hard for me <laughs> to, to remember everything. So I just yeah. look at this and, and I say, well, that's a spider crab with a giant cannon on its back. That's what it looks like to me. That's right. And it looks really, really cool. Is this replacing a, a current or is this a whole new unit? You know, I, I, I think it's a whole new unit. Uh, I'll okay. have to go, okay. I'll have to go check out their website, but I, I want to yeah. say this is a brand new one. I mean, they did give, there were some additional models that, um, you know, whenever they do these kinds of things and they, they give a, a glow up, you know, to the, some of the older models that have been out there. But I want to say that this one is is a brand new. Oh, um, it is. I see it. Yeah. So the yeah. the bio biovore and pyovore. I would assume uh, fire for the pyovore. That's that's my guess anyway. Yeah, it's like some sort of melting acid, assimilating. Like it predigests everything. It looks the... gross. I mean the <laughs> the cannon the cannon on the back just looks disgusting and yeah. <laughs> but in, in all the best ways it. Yeah, I think they they've really captured and Games Workshop does a great job of this on all these armies, but they've done a great job of capturing the essence of what this thing is, which is a spider crab, you know, with armor and everything on it and looks terrifying on Mm -hmm. its own. And then they've added this weird mutation. I've seen this with chaos. I've seen this with Death Guard. They they take something that is normally fairly uh, fearsome. You know, it's like, oh, man, this is an Mm -hmm. imposing figure. And then they add this weird mutant gun kind of thing to it, and it just makes it look even more terrifying into the nightmare realm. Well, and it's it's even if you really go down the rabbit hole, um, like the barbagants that are in the uh, Le- Leviathan box, the guns and even the uh, termagants, the guns themselves are a separate organism. Yeah. So it's like Gross. this weird symbiote. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, gosh, there's, uh, it's just creepy and just like, man, it's just so cool though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I, you know, I've never really wanted to play death guard because that's to me, that's getting into the realm of gross and I'm not really sure I want to <laughs> paint that and, and play and read about it. Um, Fair enough. The, the Tyranids are 
gross, but more in the creepy gross. Mm-hmm. They're like aliens gross versus Death Card is like zombies gross. Yeah, there's a smell involved with uh, Death Card. <laughs> oh, <did>. no. <laughs> yeah, you know. I well, just... I, I guess you're closer to that. Being in the medical field, <laughs> I guess you're a little... I've smelled that smell and I don't like it. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> um, I am drinking my, my drink still, so let's let's keep it going. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> so the next one up is the Lictor and Neuro Lictor. Um, and these come off of the, they look like the um, Von Ryan's Leapers. So mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that is where this is coming from. Um, more just... I, I, and I don't know enough about the army to really say one thing or the other, but everything just looks like tons of, of hooks and arms and insect-like appendages. And this Tentacles. Is, this is just another model with all of that plus yeah. an exposed brain and just absolutely yeah, insane. Love, yeah, I love uh, – I used to read a bunch of like H.P. Lovecraft, Cthulhu kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. And, and this is straight out of that kind of – I don't know. They're nightmarish and hellish. And you're like, where did this come from? This is, uh, this can't be an organism, but they're, they're organisms. And, uh, I think it's still kind of interesting that no one, you know, they haven't really told the story of where the Tyranids come from, Mm -hmm. but they, you keep finding these new, just, just when you thought it was just as bad as it gets, it gets worse before it gets worse. Yeah, Um, exactly. And I, I like this. Uh, they have an image up on the Warcom site, where they sure show this, um, the the I guess it's the neurolictor, where it is mm-hmm. tearing into which look looks to be some boarding actions terrain, and like it is coming into an Arcs yeah. of Omen vessel and just ripping yep. through the doors. I just have this image in my head of this multi-armed <laughs> snake insect-looking thing just coming in and tearing through the doorways. And if there's one thing that Warhammer does really, really well. It just sets that setting and visual, combining the lore and the models and the and the mm-hmm. look of them and everything involved. And so I, I, I'm all in, man. I, I love this so much. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm I'm really glad that they're putting some emphasis on this. Absolutely. Huh. So they've got uh, three other uh, units that they showed off: Gene Stealers, Termagant Switch, mm-hmm. and Hormagant Switch are coming from the Leviathan box. So not really anything new per se, but the Termagants and the Hormagants are, are multi-pose. So the ones that you got in the Leviathan box were monopose, but uh, push fit, which I loved made it a whole lot easier. No super glue required, but mm-hmm. the Termagants and Hormagants now are separate boxes, which are great. Um, especially for folks that already have those. And then the gene stealers are new and, you know, for me personally, the Gene Stealer models aren't really doing it for me. They well, they look more <laughs> like um, like a they give me a vibe of a little bit of an Incredible Hulk almost, like the faces that they make gives me yeah. this Incredible Hulk thing with some spider limbs and whatnot. I don't know. That's just not not doing it for me. I have a box of the old uh, Gene Stealer kit. Um, I just bought them. Because I was gonna use them in kill team, make you know, to make a separate kill team out of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> those look real derpy <laughs> compared to these. Yeah. <laughs> so these do look better. They are an improvement. Um, I think in game they're pretty good though. Yeah. So they, they don't uh, they don't look can, bad. They just no. They're just not really for me. I think. Yeah. They're they're weird. They they got a different vibe. Weird. Sure. That's probably the best the best yeah. way to describe them. They're a little weird. Um, I, I don't plan on, on running these personally, mm-hmm. but you know, who knows? They also look fairly easy to paint though. A lot of, a lot of the pale skin, depending on the color scheme that you choose. Yeah. So I agree with that. Anyway, it's overall, yeah, overall really cool model range. I'm glad the Tyrion has won the battle of Ogrim whether or not that was legit or not, or Games Workshop uh, had something to do with that. <laughs> doesn't really matter. Uh, it was cool to see. I like the new model range. Excited to see more. And then, of course, uh, with the Codex coming out in the near future, we'll get to see some additional, um, you know, uh, the, what are they called? The, the battle regiments, not the battle regiments. What are those things called? Uh, detachment. Rules. Detachments. Thank you. So yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. get to see more detachments. 
where the uh, Tyranids would be able to be put placed into those with some additional rules. So very exciting stuff, really cool, yeah. and looking forward to running them on the table. Let's move on now to the next topic, which is something you and I are both really excited about. Um, maybe maybe not as much as other people or, or a little more than other people, <laughs> perhaps, but the new Bunker Club that has, sounds like Bunko, like for old people. Bunko. But, old Bunko Club. <laughs> but this was shown off recently and flew under the radar, I think, for, for some people. But for you and I, both subscribers to White Dwarf Magazine, I'm always on the lookout for more features added. Mm -hmm. And this one is, man, right up, right up our street. Um, you know, this, for, for those who are not a White Dwarf subscriber, I highly recommend it. Really cool magazine if you're into the Warhammer community. But this White Dwarf bunker is essentially a giant worldwide gaming club or something to build structure around. Yeah everybody playing and be able to track stats and, and win loss and things like that. And, and really gives, I think in, in summary gives a structure to, if you wanted to build your own league, if you, if you had a group of players together, they're playing a lot of games and you don't necessarily have the, uh, how do I, how do I weave a narrative in? How do I know what scenarios to run? How do I make sure it's, it's balanced from what I, when I'm reading Steve, this, mm -hmm. this bunker club gives you some of that structure, gives you something that you can just plug and play for your games while also building in a ton of scenarios. So I don't know about you, but I am really, really excited about this. Well, I mean, you, you know, we talked about it with our, our small group of friends. We we're trying to figure out kind of how to do that anyway, you know, talking about making a big, uh, a, a solar map and trying to figure out where everyone is and all that stuff. Just yeah. Campaign some sort of, some sort of yeah, campaign kind of situation. Uh, just make it some sort of structure so that, all right, well, you and I may not be able to play, but say me and one of our other friends play and we can just, we'll have a, like a bracket and you can kind of structure things. You're like, all right, well, here's where we're going to go from here. And it, it's like trying to, to do that, uh, those mission packs, you buy those quarterly books that they were coming out with like last mm -hmm. edition and stuff. But this this kind of organizes it for you, and like you said, it has the missions and challenges and little flavor things that you don't have to put the all that effort into doing. Um, it's going to have some lore stuff. It looks like sort of similar to the Flashpoint articles they have. Yeah, um, but that it the the really cool part too is that it's going to come with it's going to come with scenarios, but I think mm -hmm. from, from what I'm reading, those scenarios that they're giving won't just be random scenarios. I, I do like the flashpoint stuff that they add in white dwarf because they they'll have a, a couple of articles to give you the story and setting. And then the flashpoint right. will have the map and the game and, and some other rules that are associated with that setting. It sounds like to me though, that they're going to try to weave all of that through multiple issues through this bunker club and give you all of those scenarios and rotate the types of games and what you can do with those. And then supposedly from, from what I'm seeing that you're going to be able to track and score. I, I, I haven't seen anything where they're going to allow you to upload. You know, it would be mm -hmm. really neat if they added something to Warhammer plus, or maybe on the website where you could upload the results of your games and be able to track all that stuff. But it looks like to me, just from these screenshots that you're going to be, pulling out the magazine, potentially making a copy of that page and then writing down the results of it. But, um, you know, Steve, I'm also looking at one of these pages where at the, towards the bottom, it's got these bunkered challenges and ranks, which looks like little cards. Yes. And mm -hmm. to me that just from what I've seen from past issues of white dwarf, that would be perfect for them to have like a perforated, uh, insert yep. within the, the magazine and have those pop out cards. And I, I think if I, I watched the YouTube video and, and I can't remember who it was, but I think they showed they were showcasing this this uh, issue. Um, and there's going to be the quick start guides like we've printed off, like we've talked about that are so important to play in this edition. Yeah. Um, the, the little cheat sheets, but it's going to be on the nice card stock that they do the, the tear outs in. Um, I think this is good to. Because I've talked to Mark 
at Blackthorn here in town, uh, they used to hold competitive 40K stuff at one time, uh, a couple of editions ago. But he said it, it becomes overly competitive and it turns off a lot of, you know, your clientele, mm-hmm. you know, people just, people don't want to show up to do a tournament, uh, cause there's a lot of preparation and there's a lot of things that go in that most people want to show up there. It's your friendly local gaming store to do a friendly local game with people you haven't met, but you're going to make new friends, right? Right. This, this is a great way for a small, uh, game shop that doesn't, doesn't have the infrastructure or network or maybe even a customer base that's big enough to hold tournaments and stuff, but they want to have a Saturday afternoon game or or a Sunday afternoon game, but you, you want some structure and you don't want to put a lot of work into it. You don't want to, you know, put it all on one person. That's also a customer to come in and use their free time to organize it. This is, it's kind of pre-organized for you. Or do you understand it the same way? Yeah. Are you kind of getting that feeling out of it? I I think so. And I think too, the, this gives you the the easy button, uh, or mm-hmm. at least relatively easy. It has the structure for you, so that you don't have to have someone being the the lack of better term game master or dungeon master, where right. they're having to plan all the scenarios. Because the biggest challenge with that is trying to make sure that things are balanced. That mm-hmm. the, if you're going to insert a new scenario, a new rule, is that going to modify the game so much? And you know, part of me wants to just say, well, let's just have fun. Don't don't worry right. about if it's going to knock the game out of balance. We'll just put in a random rule. But even still, that requires some extra thought. And for you and I, especially in the, the dad hammer world, uh, <laughs> there's already a lot to remember. There's already a lot there, of rules yes. and things to keep track of. I don't need one more thing. But in this scenario, I think that if we're going to be playing and we're going to need something to track. I don't want to have to create the system. And this looks like that they've already created the system for us. So now when we play, yep. we can just go and fill in the blanks. And I'm all about filling in the blanks. It's much easier to modify something that, that already exists versus creating something that new. And the and the brilliant part of what they're doing here is not limited to 40K. Uh, they're doing it with AOS. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm reading it's going to be a rotating support for their skirmish games, Warcry, Underworlds, Kill Team. Um, and it says this one's going to have three battle plans for Warcry. I mean, that's just really I, awesome. I think it's great that they're, they really, I think finally, are starting to understand that people already love the game. They already love yes. the, the game, the models, all of that. White Dwarf can be an avenue to give them to give readers, to give the community additional, I guess I want to say sanctioned, but official, creative, vetted scenarios and rules and cool stuff and flavor text and awesome artwork and pictures to add to your game to really just enhance. And that's, I think that White Dwarf has done a really good job, at least for me, of taking the the hobby and the game that I already enjoy and enhancing it it's not a it's not a necessity you don't have to have the subscription out you know you, you there's nothing that is in white dwarf that you just absolutely mm-hmm. have to have but if you're already an avid player or you're somebody who's curious and you just like to look at, at pretty pictures of models and to me as as someone who's also a dungeons and dragons player it gives me additional narrative and scenarios and think oh you know i hadn't thought about putting that terrain in that particular yeah, right. you know way against this other army and it just gives me more ammo you know things to think about when i walk into a game well and another plug for it too is all right say say you do get a subscription all right 90 dollars for the year um so add that up you get a whole year's worth of i mean i think honestly for the average player they're, they're a year's worth of white door stuff with these scenarios and stuff you'll never get through yeah um however in the past, in Ninth, if you wanted this kind of structure, you're buying books that are anywhere from thirty to probably forty-five dollars a piece. Yeah, you, you know, if you're talking about those uh, mission packs, those what uh, GT uh, chapter-approved mission packs that came out. Right. I think those were thirty-dollar books. Um, just just take like uh, the boarding action books. What those are like forty forty five dollars. So you you you're talking two books 
but you have a year subscription and not only it just feels like they're validating that this is just going to be not so much publication heavy. Uh, there's going to be a lot wider range of support for all their products. Um, and that's what I'm seeing. And that's what I'm getting out of it. And not not just support, but it's going to be support that you're not spending an arm and a leg for. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and it, it. it feels almost like it. Uh, the way that the magazine is structured too, it they're they're short bursts you know the articles mm-hmm. are are contained you know there's not a ton of reading you know three or four pages per section and it's almost like this uh pamphlet you know like if i was walking by a store and a warhammer <laughs> store and they had like hey try out try out this scenario and they gave yeah, me a three or four yeah. page little printout booklet white dwarf feels like a a combination of walking by the store about 20 different times and getting multiple pamphlets for all the different games and you know, I, there's just still something, even in today's age with the digital, uh, there is something still to be said for getting that magazine in the mail, you know, and yes, we're, we're plugging the, yes. the mess out of White Dwarf right now. But, <laughs> A little bit, but... But it is, it's great. I, I, I love getting the magazine, something to flip through. The artwork's great. The models are painted to the nines, of course. And now they're adding all these different scenarios. And on top of that, another feature that they're adding to this bunker is a a training section which is going to be provided at least in the um, initial stages by Stephen Box from Vanguard Tactics, which you know yes. I I personally have a huge amount of respect for because not only does he mm-hmm. know the game really well, but he's a, a wonderful guy and really is trying to promote positive mental health throughout the the game yes. of Warhammer and the community. So to have someone like that coming in here to say, hey, here's how you can improve your your tactics a little bit here's how you can improve your up your game some and just looking at the tactics that they're they're putting here for this what they're calling basic training uh i love little little insights and this is something that you and i have been talking about for a while that we would love absolutely a a video version of this too in warhammer plus but i'll take the the white dwarf print version Mm -hmm. if that's what it that's what it means to get it and, you know, I spent my whole life uh, fishing as as sort of a pastime, too. I enjoy that. I still enjoy that. Uh, so I used to get a lot of uh, magazines in, in that realm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I love about White Dwarf? No advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't open a publication anymore. Um, again, plugging the, the deal, but you can't really open a publication anymore. And every third or fourth page is a, some sort of ad for something else. So when you, when you get this magazine, I mean, it is chock full from cover to cover, but it's all content Warhammer. Yeah. All content. All of its content. And that, that makes it just, it just feels better reading that magazine and adding this basic training. I mean, that's going to be so awesome. I mean, they're, I'm just looking at the pictures and, and, and I can't, my old eyes, I can't really zoom in that good right now, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm assuming like, all right, if you have this scenario, this is what you do. That's what it sounds like. It's yeah. going to kind of, and I think it's awesome. Yeah. G- general tactics. And you know, it's funny. You mentioned the, um, the, the lack of ads and in, in the magazine. The one thing I started to think about though is thinking back to my old gaming magazines or the old comic books with the hostess uh-huh. fruit pies ads and the, and the comics, <laughs> exactly. those were the best, you know? So yeah, well, that's true. If they, if they ever <laughs> add advertising to, to white dwarf, I would love some really cheesy. Snacks. Yeah. Snacks, snacks ad for like, <laughs> you know, uh, Doritos, but you got Gazgul or something talking about, you know what I want? Some cheesy tortilla <laughs> chips. I, I, I would love some kind of stupid ads like that. I know it'll never happen, but you know, man, that would, that would throw me back to the old days when we would have those I really can. terrible ads in the comic books. Oh man. <laughs> well, uh, safe to say, um, you and I should never be on any kind of marketing team whatsoever. Nope. Nope. Or Not advertising. If you want to keep the company. That's, that's correct. <laughs> Well, excited about the White Dwarf Bunker and all the features that are coming. And uh, man, I'm excited to see this. And we're going to be definitely rolling into some new scenarios and leagues as as soon as we get down to reading all of the issues for sure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Let's flip over now to one of the new games that was announced. There's been a lot of previews over the last couple of weeks. And uh, one of those is Legions Imperialis, uh, or I think a lot of folks in the community call this Epic 40K. It's what it used to be called back in the day. Right. Um, so Legions Imperialis, for those that are not aware, Epic 40K was essentially a even a, a micro version of the 40k universe so instead of having whatever the whatever the the standard range of models are you take Mm -hmm. that and then you shrink it down even more and now you're able mm -hmm. to field an entire army and force within a a smaller grid so it's just a it's like honey i shrunk the kids for for 40k um but they announced this coming back i love the small scale the only thing that that gets to me, and this is something that we we you and I can can talk about here. I'm just curious why why is this around Horus Heresy? Why not take Epic 40K, which which was announced as a, a new game, really exciting, really cool, all good. Mm-hmm. Why why is this going into Horus Heresy? Do you think it's because they're they they just there's too much 40k fatigue right now. Everything's 40k, 40k, and they don't want to double down on that. I think, um, in my opinion, and this is coming from having perused the um, rule book for the Horus Heresy game, um, and I, I've read several of the Horus Heresy novels. Okay, there is the scale of the conflict and the scale of the battles was so immense in the lore. Because mm-hmm. uh, now, you know, technically there's only supposed to be a, a smaller number of Space Marines per right. chapter, right. Uh, et cetera. But the legions were immense. Um, and, and the heresy, we are talking about wiping out hundreds of thousands of Space Marines at a time because the only thing that can kill a Space Marine is a, another Space Marine, mm-hmm. at least at the time of 30K, you know. So I think, I, I think they're really just double down, doubling down on the lore. Does that make sense? Yeah. And let's be honest, it, it's easier to get imperial factions. Sort of. I think you could make those models. I think you could sort of make everything look a little better. Uh, and, and like you said, there's what twenty four factions or something like that in forty mm-hmm. k right now. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. I I, I could see how that would get sort of fatiguing and then if you wanted to add something else so i feel like they're trying to come back to that sort of roots of things uh because there may be a lot of people that don't i mean you know what the horse heresy was and you know all that stuff but it's it's always been primarch centric right so there, there's never a lot of, of stuff out there as to how immense the scale of the battles and how immense the scale of destruction and how much was lost. Yeah. Uh, how much the Imperium lost in that whole Maybe experience. so. I, I like the the point of, you know, because, and just thinking of the business side, if they were to try to do this in 40K with all the different armies, mm-hmm. you're talking about all those molds and the, the, yeah. just the cost of doing that. So... Yeah, that's a really good point. Maybe they they knew that there was an audience for this epic small scale type of a, a system, and if they wanted to tackle it into 40k, it was going to be extremely expensive. So maybe this is a way to come out and say, "Hey, you know, we hear you. Here's the mm-hmm. micro version of the of the game that you that you love, and you want to play even a a larger scale. Uh, I, I say scale in more of the narrative sense." Um, right. You want to play a larger battle without having to field, you know, I guess a thousand different models. And now you can oh, have man. that with within the system and you do it more as a precursor to the 40K universe. I think that's really actually a really good point. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm not into the Horus Heresy universe as much. Personally, this is just personally. I know a lot of people are excited about this, for, you know, Epic 40K, Legion Imperiology. I, uh, I personally would have preferred if you're going to go on a, a small scale, I would have preferred them to resurrect the Battlefleet Gothic game with the, the ships, you know, the, the more of the fleet, mm-hmm. uh, almost like the Star Wars Armada game where you're commanding the fleet of, of, ga- of uh, ships and, and looking at the arc, tying into the arcs of Omen and all that kind of stuff. I would have preferred that 
if I'm going to play on a small small scale, I would prefer it to be tying into 40k. But I can definitely see your point where this is tapping into a different audience, but it's also a little more manageable, maybe for Games Workshop as a business. Yeah, and my Magic Eight Ball says that Got- Battlefleet Gothic's coming back. I just I kind of have that feeling. I hope so. Now I. I will say I am a little disappointed in the this ep, new epic. I, I really think that they could have kept at least the orcs and it and the Eldar, only because those were uh, the heresy stuff came after the Great Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, they fought those those Xenos and stuff during the Great Crusade, so I think just like completely dumpstering all the Xenos factions that there were like an aeronautical in aeronautica perialysis is going to be able to tie into this. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of may have isolated some people that would be into this because I think it'd be pretty cool. You're you you're, you can get away with the heresy stuff and look like we're doing some cru- great crusade stuff. We're going to fight an epic scale battle against orcs because that would be an epic battle. I mean that that was like planet covering. Well, uh, I mean they and, they can always some, add it. They can add it later. I mean that's yeah, that's, that's true. Classic that's true. Games Workshop is you know here's the game. <laughs> if, if people start buying it, they really like this this new game and the mm-hmm. structure and the models and everything. They'll just come out with more factions. They'll just treat it like DLC, essentially. Right. Uh, exactly. But, but the DLC will turn into like five hundred dollars of worth Whew, of worth of models, you know it. most likely just going on the Games Workshop formula. But anyway, you know, looking at the models here and and the pictures, they look great. Of course, they're this Games Workshop model, so they're always going to look great. Um, I'm I'm for me, I'm I'm curious about this. Not necessarily a day one purchase for me. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. The The good news maybe is that because the models are so small, you can play a very large game without taking up a ton of room as far as I think uh, that's, storage is concerned. Yeah, I feel like that's part of the appeal too. Yeah, I, sure. so the, the the good news for, for Games Workshop is they've, they've definitely diversified their their gaming footprint and they can appeal to a, a lot of different ranges and of uh, people that are looking for a, a different type of game. And I think this Legion Imperialis, Imperialis it's hard for me to say that, that name, it <laughs> Epic 40K. Uh, it yeah. seems to me that Epic 40K is going to fit that bill very nicely. All right, let's move on then to um, some Age of Sigmar news. They they had a big reveal. And this is during their "quote unquote" not 40k event. Mm, um, yeah, that's right. And we we talked about this last time. I love the little banner that had the <laughs> the cancel out symbol, like the no smoking sign for no primaris <laughs> lieutenants allowed. Ah, that was great. That's right. Um, but they showed off a lot of Age of Sigmar stuff, uh, but thing that that i keyed on the most and you know i i'm an age of sigmar player i have a skaven army that's mm-hmm. really the only one i have um, i love the game itself the rules are great um and we've talked about this before I prefer the 40k lore and the aesthetic however looking at age, at the age of sigmar cities of sigmar that's what they they keyed on in primarily um showing off the full model range personally i I, I applaud the, I guess the um, the notion of bringing multiple races and cultures together as a as a unified yeah. army. That whole concept is cool. Not something that I, I kind of like to do the same, the same army, the same culture, the same race, if you will, in the in the fantasy or or the forty um, k world. That's the type of army that I like to run. Um, but models look great. They look really awesome. The one thing I wanted to spend the most time on, however, this incredible model, Talia Vedra, Lioness of the, is it Parch? Park? Parch? I'm not sure how to say that, but essentially it is a a single model riding on top of a manticore. And (laughs) if you don't know what a manticore is, it's a lion plus an eagle's wings, bird wings. And then a scorpion's tail. tail. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's crazy. One of the things I love about age of Sigmar 
that I wish 40K would do as well. And they're starting to do this. Of course, we saw this with the Tyranid race, with the um, the Norn, um, the, the gigantic models there, the um, Norn Emissary and the Assimilator. Mm-hmm. But looking at this Manticore, what I love about Sigmar is that they really go into the uh, large beasts, the, the just the huge hulking behemoth type models. Mm-hmm. And... I love the aesthetic of it. I, I love the fact that Age of Sigmar has kind of differentiated itself. Right? It's really leaned into the fantasy aspect of it's it reminds me a little bit of Lord of the Rings, you know, when they come in with the elephants. Right. And they have all these crazy yes. contraptions on the back of them. They do this with, <laughs> with Oryx. They do this with now with Cities of Sigmar. And I really like the fact that even with Cities of Sigmar, which can seem a little plain Jane, you know, just a bunch of troops and, you know, the quote unquote good guys. Now they've got mm-hmm. this giant beast and they've been able to harness it and throw a big like apparatus on the back and now you're riding it into battle. I love the fact that they're doing this. Uh, to me, the model looks great. You know, Steve, I, I know that you're still still working on your Slaves to Darkness uh, army. Yeah, that's right. But what were your what were your initial thoughts with the Sidious of Sigmar range? I thought it was uh the models were cool. I just didn't know uh how they fit in to everything. Um, but as I've been sort of researching it a little bit, uh, it's going to be neat because if you were to do a stormcast army, it looks as if you can add these, uh, cities of Sigmar models in as, yeah. uh, allies or whatever. Um, I don't, I, I like the harbinger of decay. I mm-hmm. don't know where that falls into all this because it all got released at the same time. Yeah. I don't know if it has anything to do with the cities of Sigmar or if it's just another, uh, sort of semi faction or splinter faction or whatever you want to call it. But the models look really cool. I love the dudes with the, you know, the two pistols <laughs> They look yeah. like cannons, but they're, there's pistols. <laughs> I mean, just... And they, they, the, one of the, uh, the big appeals to me, of the cities of Sigmar for at least, someone who's looking for this is the versatility. If, if you, yes. if you, you're not going to get bored with, with cities right. of Sigmar, you have so many options and, you know, coming as a, as a 40 K player, a lot of times the, if you pick an army, it's just, especially like with, with Necrons, you know, or for example, or orcs, you're going to have the, the same type of model over and over again. Mm-hmm. And personally, I, I like that. It feels like a unified force. But if you're someone that gets bored easily, and if you don't like the same thing over and over again, Cities of Sigmar really, really gives you that aesthetic. I mean, you have cavalry, you have some ranged weapons. Um, I don't know what this little wagon with the globe. And <laughs> have you seen that model? Yeah, it, crazy stuff, man. I mean, <laughs> it's just wacky. But 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 that's. But I love it. That's part of it, though. You know, you yeah. you have all of these different people and tribes with their own way of waging war coming to, I, I, it's almost like they're doing this call to arms. Yes. This unified call to arms, whoever is going to join and, and fight against this, the next force. And I was going to say evil, but of course there is no, there's no good and evil in in these games, but it definitely feels like that the cities of Sigmar are are the quote unquote good guys. Um, Stormcast Eternals would be in in the same realm, but there, this is call to arms to bring in, you know, whatever, whatever you got, whatever you're good at, let's mm-hmm. come together and and fight the the opposing force. So, really cool release. I'm excited for, especially anybody that is looking forward to Cities of Sigmar. They definitely needed a re-release. Um, I saw that there are some the Duarden uh, added, which of course are the dwarves. Um, still, yes. still a little bummed that there's no dedicated dwarf army otherwise i would totally be well i take that back there are the fire slayers but yeah you know, i talked about that too it's like they're just a bunch of naked dwarves I, I need more than that i need siege weapons i need monsters i need <laughs> a bunch of stuff for me to jump in but you know it, either way really cool force excited for age of sigmar players and especially those that are looking Definitely. at the, the cities of sigmar line Agree. I, I like it. It's, it's just going to be really neat. And I look forward to getting a little more into the Age of Sigmar stuff. And this just makes me a lot more excited because it's just going to be a little bit more open, you know? Yeah, agreed. Looking forward to some games in the near future.
Well, let's hit one final topic, and that is the release or the announcement, rather, from the Warcom site of a range of Warhammer-themed board games. And I use the word board game in a little bit of an air quotes because I think most people associate board games with Monopoly, you know, checkers, mm -hmm. shoots and ladders, something very, very simple. Um, and I, I think that that what they've done with, with the latest board game releases um, here, they're, they're going after the right crowd. They're releasing these smaller games that are able to be completed fairly relatively quickly. They're releasing them in target stores so that if you're going up and down the board game aisle looking for something, you know, ironically quick and easy <laughs> to spend with the family and you see Warhammer, mm -hmm. little do you know what you're, what you're getting into, uh, but but still, it's, a trap. <laughs> it's definitely a trap, and and but a good trap. Um, mm -hmm. I I I think this is great. This is not necessarily for for me. I'm, I'm definitely not the target audience. But um, I remember talking to you about this, and you know, do you care about any of these board games? And you mentioned the Space Marine board game. You, you're looking at that, thinking, hey, that's actually a pretty good value to to up your model count. Yeah, you know, it's a board game based on a video game based on a board game. That's oh, the funny. That that's the meme material, right? I'm going into uh, the, but no, that's a real I, metal watch right there. <laughs> but no, I mean, I looked it up. Of course, it was the pre. You have to wait. The pre-sale was sold out on Target, so I was just kind of curious. But you get twenty Tyranids, um, and if you're kind of a model collector, you get a Titus model. Mm -hmm. May not do you any good if you're not playing uh, Ultramarines and stuff because it's got you know Ultramarine stuff all over him. But you know, you could craft it however you want to, but it's also a cool model. Yeah. And you're talking for $40. Now, they're going to be push fit, monopose, you know, no biggie. But I would suspect that the multipose kit's going to be 50 to 60 bucks, probably. I would, yeah, um, I would think so. So if you just need uh, another 20, you know, termagants or whatever, it's not a bad value. And then if you were to, you know, eventually it's going to be on sale or something. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're at some point you get it for less than 40 bucks, but I bought one of these games from way back, but it was like, uh, it was the Necron, one of the Necron ones. Um, but it had five of the hero, uh, space Marines in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's supposed to be one from each chapter. Um, uh, so it's five different space Marines, but they're all very unique. And I bought it, at target for like $25. Uh, and I only got it because they made a really cool tactical squad because I had a bunch of firstborn stuff. So I was like, and it, it's kind of a neat looking game. We haven't really played it, uh, per se that much, but it's real easy. It's real mm -hmm. quick. It's kind of card based and, um, token based and it's really pretty cool. But you know, if you, if you don't want to even try one of the new, uh, starter kits that are coming out this would be a pretty decent introduction into it yeah i, uh, I think I, so i think that you know I've, I've got several friends that are more on the outskirts of the warhammer hobby you know they, they come mm -hmm. over to my house they look at the models they look at the paint jobs ask me lots of questions but immediately i could just see in their eyes that's oh man that's just so there's so many rules it's so deep i don't have time to get into that i'm already playing multiple games I don't have time to mess around with that stuff. And if for those, you know, and that's all valid. That's a, a mm -hmm. very fair point. But for anyone who is a little past that thinking, you know, I would, I would like to get into Warhammer a little bit. What is that all about? $40 is, and that's the MSRP. So if you, mm -hmm. I would assume that if it ever hits Amazon, it's going to be a little less than that. And there's ways to get discounts on this stuff, but 40 bucks alone is in the impulse buy territory for for a board game, especially right. for someone looking to get uh, several miniatures. There's no terrain in here. It's just a flat board with a bunch of uh, you know bugs, aliens, mm -hmm. and then one single guy. So there's the only thing that I would say is that I think it would have been a little better if if the Space Marine side would have had maybe two or three models yeah i agree with that because just looking at it it you know if i know nothing about uh tyranids at all if i know nothing mm -hmm. about it, if i don't know anything about 
Space Marines, I would say, well, the Tyranid player is going to have a really bad time, <laughs> you know, uh, right. you know, because it's just going to be the same models. But then I'm also thinking the Space Marine player is also going to have a really bad time because they've only got one guy to move around the board. So yes, neither neither of those is true because the the game is is well balanced. Um, and again, like you said, it is a tie-in to the video game. So if you like the video game, mm-hmm. so I think they're going after video game players that love the Space Marine game that don't want to jump all the way into Warhammer. This is the the foot in the door. So yes, I'm I'm interested to see what this turns into for them and whether or not it's going to be successful. But of course, it's only forty bucks. So you know, I, I don't think it's going to make or break their year if it doesn't sell that well. But my guess is, even though it's sold out right now on the pre-orders. Um, in a few months, they're going to have plenty of stock and at the at Target stores. But it looks like here, it is only going to be sold online. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I take that back. It's it's hitting going to store shelves um, later this month. So, the, yeah, the thirtieth or something yeah. Like so, that, not necessarily just sold online, but um, interesting to see where this goes. They they did have two other games. One was Combat Arena. Layer of the Beast, and then uh, yeah. an Underworld starter set. Underworlds, I'm not as big into. I played the the digital version online. Um, uh-huh. it, it's cool, you know. I don't have any problems with it, but just not my thing. I don't really care for the hex grid. Uh, but you know, the the combat arena also has a hex grid. Just a bit of a different game. So, Steve, you said you were a little interested in this one, though. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about it, um, but looking at it, it looks fairly self-explanatory to some degree, but I, I think I would actually play it. Uh, it looks pretty cool, but man, the, the models is what I'm interested in um, because they're basically Blackstone fortress models, which that game you can't get anymore. Right. And, and most of these are all characters. I love that Amble um, creature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think that's, that would just be a blast to paint. I don't know what else you'd use it for. But the and the um, little AI robot guy yeah. looks really cool, but it looks like a neat game. It actually, you know, talking about coming back from vacation. All right, so you get all these guys painted up. This could be something you could take on vacation with you. And if y'all had a rainy day at the beach, and you know you had kids that were interested in it, or you might actually, you know, get somebody who doesn't really care about forty k but wants to play some little board game. This would be kind of cool. Uh, it yeah. can't be that hard to learn. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that the other the downside of forty K or eight or even Age of Sigmar or even Kill Team Warcry is the amount of stuff that you have to take with mm-hmm. you to play. So if you ever wanted to go you know, like 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 I did, I'm in a condo in Florida and obviously there's not I don't have a ton of family members that, that wanna, you know, get up a game of forty K or anything That's like right. that. That's- but you know, even if even if I wanted to play with my son or something like that, uh, there's no way I'm lugging around all the terrain and everything, even for something like Kill Team. So, if you if you really needed to get in your your fix for Warhammer, this gives you a lot of different options. It's something you could you could have the models all thrown in a box. You have just a bunch of cards and tokens and things like that, and then you've got a full fledged game that is still in the Warhammer universe that is a hex grid base. So it's a little more approachable for people that can't wrap Mm -hmm. their head around using a tape measure to push models around the board. Uh, A hex grid for a lot of, a lot of people is the preferred method. It's just very easy to understand that I can move two spaces, three spaces versus, you know, I can move anywhere in a, but, but Mm -hmm. it has to be six inches. So for a lot of people, that's just hard to, to wrap their head around. So, Really cool uh, board games. Uh, I'm all for it. This is another way to get people interested in the hobby. Absolutely. Well, that will wrap our show for this episode of Bolters and Booze. Thank you so much for listening. Steve, thank you for your time, attention, and your service. I hope you enjoyed your really boring bourbon. Um, <laughs> I certainly did. My my uh, boom deck, a stout wagon, is long gone. It was great. I gotta say, <laughs> highly recommend it. You should make one yourselves next time. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give that a shot. Well, uh, thank you so much again for listening. 
Hope you enjoyed. And I am David the War Boss, and we will see you next time on Dad Hammer. Cheers, Steve. Cheers. Cheers.